forgiving is a beautiful byproduct of the actual healing process. But we cannot bypass grieving our unmet childhood needs by forgiving. It doesn't work that way. So. When we're able to be, have personal responsibility, we are on top of the world. Huh? We can accomplish a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next Level University, where we teach you how to level up in your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. No matter where you are now or where you've been, there is a next level. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself and one world-class guest to help you get there. This podcast is proudly sponsored by our friend and mentor, David Meltzer of The Playbook Podcast. Next Level Nation, welcome back to another very special, as always, episode of Next Level University. We have a wonderful guest today. She is a clinical psychologist at Psychologist Stephanie on Instagram. We are sitting down with Stephanie Karinia. Stephanie, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Uh, very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. We are very excited to chat. We have 20... Two-ish minutes, so we are going to get right into it because we want to give next level value as quickly as humanly possible. So something you talk about often is gaslighting on your page. What is the definition of gaslighting and what can that look like, whether it's in an intimate relationship, a family relationship? How does somebody know if they've been gaslit? So I guess someone will know if they've been gaslit when they reflect and observe and notice that they are insecure after an interaction with that person. So that person can be a partner, that person can be a friend, that person can be your boss. And so the difference is with normal arguing or someone criticizing your behavior or whatever, someone saying not something that's not so nice, that can happen, right? We cannot always be nice towards each other. We can be honest towards each other. The difference is this with gaslighting, the, the purpose is to overpower you by making you doubt yourself. And the purpose is not to connect. Arguing basically is connecting in a healthy way still. So criticizing someone's behavior is okay. Criticizing or making someone doubt their own intentions, that is gaslighting. For instance, uh, we can argue. You and I can argue. And then you can say, well, that wasn't so bad what I said. And perhaps you're lying or whatever. That's your opinion. But you're not touching my intuition. You're not saying your memory is bad. You are losing it. You are being crazy. Can you hear yourself? You Again, you don't understand. So you don't make me doubt myself. The purpose is to uh, um, make you doubt your intuition. Mm. Does, that, does that come from a place of lack of ownership where if you and I have an argument I cannot own the fact that I have an insecurity so I have to project that onto you to make you wrong is that where that does that stem from an insecurity yes and that's very exactly that's it it's all it all come down comes down to a fragile sense of self hmm. so that's why you will see it often with narcissistic types and um and that can be that. So now we're discussing a specific argument, but it could also be that this person who is gaslighting suddenly becomes insecure or fears abandonment 
by the partner, for instance. And then they'll, their method would be to overpower that person. And the best way, um, people often don't realize that one of the worst types of abuse, just like hitting someone, is gaslighting. All, all the specific emotional abuses. Gaslighting is actually very damaging. If you start losing trust in your own senses, in your intuition and your own intentions, and you end up believing that you're selfish, that you're bad, that you're this, that you're that, the, you're totally disempowered. So the other person has totally overpowered you. So yes, the other person has a fragile sense of self, makes you feel that you're selfish, that you're this, that you're that, that you cannot trust yourself, and then they have power over you. Mm. Wow, this is probably a very heavy mirror for many of our listeners, and I've definitely been gaslit in the past, for sure. And it's interesting, because you kind of know somewhere deep down it's happening, but it's not till you get out of it that it's like, oh my god, it was happening. Okay, so for anyone out there who has been or experienced gaslighting, and this is a question for you that I think will be really important. I think it's the people who appear the most confident who are actually the most deeply insecure sometimes. Can you go into this pufferfish type of narcissism that is, it's interesting to me because some of the people in my past, and I of course won't name any names, that are the most narcissistic and the most deeply insecure now that I understand the truth, actually appeared to be so confident on the surface. Can you go into real confidence versus fake confidence? Because I think that can confuse people a lot. Definitely. And uh, to make it more complicated, people with fake conf confidence are not aware that it's fake. So they will present themselves as if it's real. So that's why people buy into it. People who, who aren't aware, other people will buy it, won't buy it. But so you the, wouldn't buy it, right? I guess not. No, okay. I hope not. <laughs> it's my specialty to be able to observe this. So, <laughs> um, but basically, the difference is is as someone acting out of their authentic self or out of fear, and someone with a fragile self sense of self, so low self esteem. Uh, basically, we cannot function with a very low self-esteem. We can function with a low self-esteem. We cannot function with a very low self-esteem. And so automatically, we will develop defense mechanisms, for instance, with a narcissistic type, that will make us believe, our ego will make us believe that we are the best. We are the bomb. It happens automatically. So, yeah. So that's why for a, a gaslighter, and you have different types of gaslighter, you have more the overt, overt narcissistic, you know, the more obvious narcissistic gaslighting type, uh, who will be more intimidating, more controlling, and you have the more covert narcissistic type. And the covert narcissistic type is more covert, like closed, like hidden, won't show it that much, will be more low profile, will be the good guy. Yeah. But both have a fragile sense of self, feel that not worthy, and are afraid that the other person will abandon them, and then they might end up, you know, controlling, manipulating, whatever. Hmm. Stephanie, I want to be vulnerable. This is, and I want to tell a, a not a story, but I want to tell an example from my life because that's something I can actually reference. So, the first time I really met my dad, I was twenty-seven, and. Something that helped me tremendously deal with that whole situation of being raised without a father and feeling abandoned was understanding that he probably was doing the best he could do 
with the level of self-improvement, personal development, the level of work he has done on himself is probably correlated to the level of love I, I got from him. What is the ultimate goal when you're reflecting on your childhood, on the way you were parented, is the goal to have empathy for the people who raised you so you can close that loop? Or, because I think a lot of people want their family to be the way they want them to be. And I don't think that's a realistic thing. So what is the ultimate goal when you're healing from a, a wound from childhood? I love this question. Thank you for this one. Of course. And you know why I love it? Because uh, there's so much uh, on forgiveness, right? Mm. We need to forgive the pressure on forgiving, right? We need to forgive them. We need to forgive to become healthy, to, to, to self-heal, blah, 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 blah. All this pressure. Uh, and yes, um, forgiving is a beautiful byproduct of the actual healing process. But we cannot bypass grieving our unmet childhood needs by forgiving. It doesn't work that way. So this pressure makes no sense. So if you would read Pete Walker's book, uh, an amazing book on complex, complex uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, he describes the grieving phases beautifully. And uh, an essential part is anger. Mm. Anger of what they didn't give you and what you deserved. Yeah, but they were not able because they were emotionally mature. They didn't have the capacity, whatever. That's not the issue. They didn't get help. They chose to not get help. They did. So you didn't get got what you deserved. And a natural emotion with that is anger, not compassion immediately. So mm. if you go through those faces and it starts with anger, then sadness, then all these faces, then at some point, um, self-hate um, transforms in self-compassion, is self-love. And we can only forgive, which is compassion, right? Forgiving is compassion, out of a place of self-compassion. So that's why we need to first, I'm not saying necessarily being angry, but we, yes, we need to uh, um, acknowledge what was taken from us, what we needed, if that makes sense. Hmm. Stephanie, yeah. I, I have... Many, many clients, and I'm, I'm grateful at this point, and, and in the work I do with them, it's mostly business consulting and coaching at this point, but we end up digging into their past a lot. And one of the things that I've found fascinating in my work is that there's a correlation between someone being overly compassionate and not discerning with who they spend time with. If you're overly compassionate and overly empathetic, to everyone else's toxicity, what are the chances you're going to make sure you stay out of those rooms? Can you go into a practical perspective on what you do in your own life to make sure that you stay out of toxic environments by learning from the ones that you've been in and you don't keep repeating the same mistakes? Hey there, Next Level University, Greg here. I'm a proud graduate of both the second quarter group level coaching in 2021 and the last quarter of group coaching in 2021. Both of them were fire experiences. They give you tools to grow in your health, wealth, and love. And so if you want to grow more as a person, you're looking for a team of individuals who are also looking to grow, I highly recommend doing group coaching. It will, uh, it will grow you as a leader. It will grow you as a 
as an individual, it will grow you as a teammate. So I highly recommend as you go into 2022, if you're looking to get it off with a, a bang, just, just shoot out the gates. Uh, group five of group coaching is starting up beginning of January. I highly recommend jumping in on that opportunity and growing both your health, wealth, and love and learning from Alan and Kevin and all the great tools they have. They give it to you at a way discounted price. I hope everyone has a blessed 2022. Happy New Year. Yeah, so first of all, we need to understand that um, for instance, that compassion and helping others is only truly helping truly altru altruistic to the extent that we're able to be altruistic. In the end, we'll never be able to be altruistic because we are happy of helping other, but others people, other people. But giving uh, is only truly giving when it's authentic and genuine. That means that we don't overstep our own boundary doing so. Right. When we give while overstepping our own boundary, that's not giving, that is selfish. And so there, I had a post which, which, uh, in which I, I wrote, um, people pleasing is selfish. Hmm. Because every time we overstep our own boundary, the purpose is to, we want then something from them unconsciously. We want them to like us. We want our ego. We want to make sure that our ego needs are, you know, met that uh, I'm the good person. I'm this or that. It's not very genuine. So when it comes down to toxicity, we also need to stay true to our boundaries. Does this still feel right? And also we should not underestimate perhaps it's our own toxicity when we are engaging with the wrong intentions uh, for instance, codependency is mm -hmm. also basically meeting your own needs. It's not helping the other. It's buying love in essence. So we all need to make sure um, that we are not overstepping our own boundaries. And if we are buying love, basically, then it's good for us to understand that we, we can buy love. We need to do the self-reparenting at some point. Mm. So... Kev, sorry, I'm going to no, no, ask you in a row if that's cool. Yeah, yeah, of course. I want to understand from your perspective, what do you think is the most fundamentally misunderstood part of all this that, that holds people back the most? I love to ask experts those questions. It's very clear that you are very much deep, deep, deep in this. And that's why you immediately went, well, technically we can't be altruistic because it makes us feel good. It's like, that. okay, that's deep. There's deep layers. What's the most fundamentally misunderstood thing that is holding all of us back from really healing from the past and moving into our brighter future from your perspective um that is a that is a, a a very broad question and a very good question i would basically say um that people often don't realize that they are living their ego life and not their authentic life so Gary Zukav, an amazing writer, um, wrote in his book of the seat of the soul, also another book about where we live, we live in either in fear or in love. So love is being able to live 
your authentic life, meeting your authentic needs, living in fear is doing what you uh, think that you're supposed to do. And you've heard of the pyramid of Maslow, right? Mm -hmm. Many people have heard of the pyramid of Maslow, psychologist, and he was basically um, describing the, the needs of people. And on the top layer, uh, he added another layer just before I died, but generally the top layer was self-actualization, right? Mm. Uh, how do we self-actualize? How do we get the most out of ourselves? And I think it's very uh, striking what he said. He said, you can be successful because that's the whole point. You self-actualize when you're successful is in meeting the, your needs. If you want to have a family, if you want to have a specific job or being able to have or to develop to that degree, uh, extent. But then he said something very interesting. He said, but if you have everything, but it's not your authentic desire, it's your internalized parents' desire, for instance, so basically your ego need, then it's not authentic anymore and it's not self-actualizing anymore. How do you know if that's the case, you personally? So if you're, if you're meeting the need of, of an ego or your parent or, or some subconscious fear-based emotion, how do you know when you're not being authentic, I guess, is my, is my question. And I think that's a great question, especially because it, because it becomes very complicated because when we live out of fear, and we're able to relieve that fear by having the amazing CEO job and the BMW and the whatever, you will, your fears will be relieved because you're meeting the checklist, right? So you might confuse that for happiness. So when do we know that we're authentically happy instead of ego happy, basically, just mm -hmm. free of fear? Then um, I think perhaps... Midlife crisis, midlife crisis, some people that are in midlife crisis are in that crisis. I think that that could be an example. That at some point they realize, or in their 30s, whatever, and they realize I have everything, but I don't feel nothing. I'm not connected to my wife, to my job, to myself, to, and then they were living their life of their narcissistic parent, basically. Mm -hmm. So, and you know what the, the, the problem is? Even if you're successful, and you are free of those fears. I mean, you're you having that you 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 completed the checklist, and all people around you are proud of you, and whatever. So you're not failing; you're succeeding. The problem is still you live in fear, and the problem is the reason that you live in fear is because uh, you have basically sort of an imposter syndrome. I am worthy. People love me. My wife loves me. They love me because I'm successful. But if that goes away, so they won't experience an authentic connection. They won't uh, experience unconditional acceptance. Hmm. This is powerful. This is powerful. We're going deep. I love this. I love this. I have, I have one more question, Stephanie, before we let you go. I want to make sure you get an opportunity to talk about the things you're doing. Okay. I always have one question. Alan knows it's out there. Let me try to land it. Alan and I have met a lot of people, as I'm sure you have, and I believe the level of self-awareness somebody has is directly correlated to their level of success in their future. Because I think when you see who you are for who you are, you can make better decisions. How does somebody get to the reality of who they actually are? How does somebody get their identity to be in alignment with who they actually are as a human being. Because I think some people are over and they think they're quote unquote better or 
more than they are. Some people, a lot of people, think they're less than they are. How do you get closer to the truth? Yeah, well, the answer is lies in emotions. Our emotions are our navigation. Our, our, we are our emotions. Emotions um, tell us who we, who we are, what we like, what we don't like. So a lot of people are disconnected from their emotions mm -hmm. and then they don't get that navigation, that guide, which tells them, this is not you. You need to take that other path. Is uh, that because of a low amount of, sorry, Kev. No, no, good. Is that because of a low amount of, I guess, um, why are people disconnected from their emotions? Because they had pain and couldn't feel it and there's a block. Okay. And then lack of vulnerability and lack of healing and shame and guilt and that kind of thing. Okay. Good. So I'm going to, I'm going to quickly answer that one because I think it's an important one. So you can have the most amazing parents, but if they're not able emotionally, they're not emotionally that mature, they might respond to the, um, vulnerable child who is exposing themselves, you know, with shameful stuff in a way that feels rejected, rejected, uh, rejecting yeah. to the child. Mm -hmm. And if that happens off or ignored or whatever, and then they learn, okay, it's unsafe for me to be vulnerable. And if they hurt several times, they shut down. They learn emotions are unsafe. And there goes yeah. their guide. Mm. So wow. when you, last question really quick. When you say you can have the best parents, a lot of people probably assume that means they have a good amount of money, there's always food on the table, there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity, there's safety. What do you define as a good parent or a good childhood? A good parent is basically a, a mature parent that has self-awareness mm. and um, that is able to see the child for as as its own human the own human being and not an extension of the self that is able to understand that they affect the child, that is able to put themselves in the place of the child and understand the child's intentions instead mm -hmm. of projecting, acting out on them, for instance. Um, I have seen the most amazing parents and I would love for a guy that I met the other day, I would love for him to have to be my father, for instance, and he made such big mistakes, uh, but he was able to reflect and take ownership. And that's what good parenting's about. This was wonderful. This was such a wonderful deep dive of an episode. So, so, so good. I can tell that you put deep thought into each response. Right. I have one mini question with the answer would be one word. I, right. I think. Okay, in one word, um, what do you think is the most important? Okay, what what's the one reason why you believe most people don't take more responsibility and ownership? I think that it's fascinating. The more responsibility and ownership that I take, the better my life becomes. Why are we missing that? Why were we never taught that? However you want to answer. Yeah. Personal responsibility is healing, basically. So, when we're able to be, have personal responsibility, we are on top of the world. Huh? We can accomplish a lot. And a lot of people are afraid of personal responsibility because in their childhood, they weren't you know, trained that way or they were... Uh, it was very, they weren't helped to take responsibility or they were shamed or et cetera. A big reason that people are afraid to take responsibility is because they're afraid to make mistakes because then they feel fear they might be failing. And then when they grew up, it was a shame. It was shameful to fail, for instance. Yep. Or people struggle to take ownership. Trauma victims 
might struggle to take ownership because they were told from a very young age over and over again, you are being a bad child, you are being bad. So to them, personal responsibility equates being to blame, which is not the case, unfortunately. So that also might be a reason. Mm, Powerful. This, this was very powerful. Stephanie, where can people find you? We will link all of your stuff in the show notes, but I want you to tell people where they can find you and what they can expect from you moving forward. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, Psychologist Stephanie, and also I have a second account, Psychologist Steph, posting more on relationships. That goes for Facebook as well. And you can check out my website, psychologiststephanie.com, uh, offering a, a free inner healing course and also other courses for anyone that's interesting interested in uh, in healing and learning about their family dynamics right on we will make sure we link all of that for you next level nation in the show notes below follow stephanie she is amazing and we always love the episodes where we can find somebody who has a bunch of information on their instagram page and we can extract more value from that so stephanie thank you so very much for joining us we are grateful to spend the time with you today it was amazing i love this conversation we went deep and i loved it likewise yeah Thank you so much, Stephanie. Seriously, let's keep in touch. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. One podcast episode can change your life forever. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you care about deeply. And we will talk to you on the next one.